Now, I need to begin with a disclaimer, so if you'd get your bulletin. Some of you uh, noticed that, that Jesus is a little blurry, especially if you're around 40. I think you're probably going, now where, I can't, I, I've been having this, I can't see it quite as good. Well, if you're about 40, I hate to tell you, your arms are getting shorter. And so, so it, it just seems like you've just not seen it as far. Our goal over these next weeks is to see Jesus more clearly. We have sung about Him today as, as our Redeemer, as the one who is King of Kings, as, as the one who is our all in all. But the truth is, is that sometimes we, we don't see Him real clearly. How many of you remember what a chalkboard used to be or is? Are, does anyone, are there any kids here? Are there any chalkboards in school anymore? You also have chalkboards at North? Mr. Gibson has a chalkboard. Well, when we grew up, and it wasn't just Little House on the Prairie days, it was, it was not too long ago. They had chalkboards in school, and they would write on them. And remember, they'd get fuzzy and, and white. You could hardly see them sometimes. Well, it wasn't until I was a, a freshman at OU when I realized that the chalkboard was probably a little more fuzzy than it should be. So I went to the doctor. He said I had an astigmatism. I said, well, I knew that, Doc. I didn't know what it was called, but I, but I couldn't see very good. Everything was blurry, and, and he fixed me, thank goodness, he fixed me up with some contact lenses. And I'll never forget, when I walked out of the doctor's office, it, it was a, a beautiful fall day or spring day, I just remember the sun was out, and it was so clear and bright. And I noticed that trees weren't bushes, that they actually had leaves up in the top. And, and I noticed when I was walking down the street that I could see faces. And it wasn't just fuzziness out there. And when I got to class, I could read the numbers and the letters on the board. My life had been transformed because what was once blurry vision became clear vision. And that's what I hope we can focus on over these next weeks is, is how can we begin to see Jesus more clearly, clearly? You see, the problem with blurred vision is that many times we are not aware that we have blurred vision. I didn't realize I couldn't see the tops of trees. That was just normal. You know, we have laws that say you have to take a, a vision test in order to drive. Why? Because blurry vision can be dangerous. And even in the spiritual realm, blurriness can be dangerous to us. Zacchaeus, we're familiar with his story in Luke 19. If, if you would, we're going to read that in just a moment, but you can turn to Luke 19. But we need to understand that Zacchaeus had a vision problem. His blurry or unclear vision wasn't due to an astigmatism, if you would. It was due to a lifestyle in which he was blinded by the immoral use of power and of position to gain wealth and to ignore the plight of the poor. As such, Zacchaeus was loathed by the people. And one day, Zacchaeus learned that Jesus was coming to town and he tried to get a clear look, uh, have a clear vision of Jesus. But his vision was blurred by the crowd. And he had to find a way to see Jesus better. 
Let's read that story real briefly in Luke chapter 10, Luke 19, 1 through 10. And Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Now it's interesting that just a few verses earlier that we see Jesus in his encounter with a rich young ruler. And a rich young ruler who came to seek Jesus for eternal life, who ultimately went away sad because he had much wealth and position and power. And so it's interesting that this story of Zacchaeus comes in just a few verses later. And there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. He was very rich. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was. Isn't that powerful? He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was unable to because of the crowd and because he was small in stature. So Zacchaeus ran on ahead and he climbed into the sycamore tree in order to see him. For Jesus was about to pass through that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for today. I must stay at your house. And Zacchaeus hurried down and he came down and he received Jesus gladly. And when the crowd saw it, they all began to grumble, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, and that, that's really not that condition, it's, and since I have, would be the, the understanding, and since I've defrauded others of anything, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was. But he couldn't because of the crowd around him. Do you have a a Jesus astigmatism today? You can't really see Jesus very clearly for, for certain reasons. And maybe the crowd around you is the primary reason why you can't see Jesus clearly. You see, a Jesus astigmatism means that, that we see Jesus with blurred vision. We see a fuzzy Jesus out there. We think that we see Jesus the way He really is, but the truth is, is that we unknowingly see a blurry or fuzzy Jesus. And I believe today this is the reality for many of us. Just as with our physical sight, we have a spiritual astigmatism. And the tragedy of this is that many of us are unaware of how poorly our vision is when it concerns Jesus. So as we ask this question about blurred vision, and we must ask the question, who is Jesus? Why are we having such a, a hard time seeing Jesus? What is causing the blurriness of our vision of Jesus? And so as with, the, with, with Zacchaeus, I want us to begin with the crowd. The crowd around us. You see, the secular view of Jesus is that he was a great man of history. The world religions, most of the world religions, many of the world religions affirm this. In Islam, Jesus was a great prophet. 
but he's not God. He's not Son of God. In Hindu, Hinduism, Jesus is one of the, the many pantheon members of the God, of the gods. He's just one of. Even in America, we affirm that Jesus was a good man. Did you know? kind of chuckle or laugh, it's 92% of Americans believe that, that Jesus was an actual historical figure. I guess 8% think he was like Casper or something. I don't know. Fewer and fewer Americans, however, affirm that Jesus was more than just a man. Today, only 56% of Americans and 48% of millennials believe that Jesus was God. Just over 50% of Americans believe that Jesus actually sinned. Over half of Americans believe that Jesus was a sinner, just like you and me. In America, fewer and fewer people identify themselves, self-identify as a Christian. In 2003, 81% of Americans claimed some type of Christianity, that they were Christians and only 11% claim to be part of the nuns, the, the agnostic, the atheistic people of our, of our country. 15 years later, in 2018, listen how the numbers have shifted. In 2018, only 72% of Americans identify themselves as, as Christians in any form or fashion. And 21% of Americans today see themselves as agnostic, atheistic, or not religious. The crowd around us causes us to see a blurry Jesus. We call Him Lord and Savior, but do we really have a clear vision of what this means? You see, some of us trivialize Jesus by reducing Him to a, a bodyguard. Or Jesus is my health insurance policy. Or, or He's my matchmaker. He's my Santa Claus. He's my answer man. And in doing this, we can safely put Jesus in His place, in His box, and only call on Him when we need Him. Some see Jesus as the embodiment of their political ideals and beliefs, Republican and Democrat. How many times have you said, or how many times will we hear over these next months, that a real Christian would never vote for, and you fill in the blank? Sometimes we see Jesus' teachings on love and forget His teachings on repentance. While others see His teachings on repentance and forget about His teachings on love. We forget that Jesus did not condemn the woman caught in adultery, but He also told her to go and sin no more. Jesus calls us to share our faith with others. Yet increasingly more and more and more Americans believe that sharing your faith with the hopes that others would accept your faith is wrong. Overall, I would say that many of us have a fuzzy or blurry vision of Jesus. But there's good news. There's good news today. There's a way to correct our blurry vision of Jesus. And it's where we're going to focus our attention over these next weeks. It's in the Gospels. Now, 
We use the word, sometimes you hear the word the gospel. The gospel simply means the good news of Jesus. The gospel is the story of salvation. It's the story of how God loved us so much that that He sent His only Son to die for us and that if we would believe that we too can have eternal life. That's the gospel. The gospels are the four books of the New Testament of the Bible that tell the story of Jesus. Yes, there are other gospels. Gnostic Gospels and and others that you've heard about, I'm sure. But these Gospels have never been accepted as authoritative in the broader church. See, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are more than biographies. Yes, they, they tell the story of Jesus, but they also interpret the meaning of His life They interpret His teachings and they interpret His meaning. And in reading them, the Gospels offer a call to faith for all who hear. We cannot hear the Gospel of Jesus Christ and not understand that we are called to respond to that. We are called to respond to that to receive salvation. We are called to respond to that to walk more closely after Jesus in our life. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are sometimes referred to as the synoptic Gospels. That word synoptic means that that they see or they view each other together. Mark was the first of those written. And and Matthew and Luke used Mark as a a source, as as an outline. And then Matthew has his source and, and, and Luke has his source. And then there's another source for you, you Bible geeks out there called the Q source that Matthew and Luke share together and they compile their Gospels and and they're synoptic because they kind of look at it. It's the same kind of vantage point. It's It's seeing maybe an accident from three different corners and telling the story. It's the same story. It has the same flow and outline. But there will be some different perceptions and different ways that that story is told. That's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then we have John. John is set apart it's from a different vantage point. If Matthew, Mark, and Luke are on, on, the four corner, on three of the four corners, John's in, in his drone overhead, checking things out, and telling us a story as John talks about signs and the sayings of Jesus, the I am statements, and, and some of the longer discourses. The Gospels tell us about Jesus. So over these next weeks, we are going to consider the the stories, the teachings, the prayers, and the miracles from the Gospels in an effort to better see Jesus. We will see Him in the wilderness. We will see Him on the sea and on the seashore. We will see Him in His quiet place. We will see Him in the tomb. We'll see Him on the cross. We'll see Him in the heavens. And hopefully by seeing Jesus in all these places, as we read through the Gospels, we can begin to see Him more clearly in this new decade, 2020. But before we can begin our quest to see Jesus more clearly, we have to ask that first question. Do we really want to see Jesus more clearly? You know, sometimes a fuzzy or blurry Jesus is a little more innocuous. 
a little less threatening. Do we, do you, do I, do I really want to see Jesus more clearly? Because if we see Jesus more clearly, we will surely be changed and transformed. If Jesus is who the Gospels say He is, then we will be left with a choice. We can, we can turn and walk away sadly like the rich young ruler, or we can invite Jesus into our home and have Him transform our lives forever. So let's look back at the Scripture, at this story of Zacchaeus. I'm stuck, struck, struck by how this passage begins. Zacchaeus wanting to see Jesus more clearly, and the crowd wouldn't let him, let him through. So he finds his way up to a sycamore tree. And you know what Luke tells us? He doesn't tell us how Zacchaeus sees Jesus, right? He tells us that Jesus sees Zacchaeus. In verse 5, Zacchaeus couldn't see Jesus clearly, but Jesus could see Zacchaeus clearly. He looked at him. Jesus looked at Zacchaeus and he invited himself to Zacchaeus' home. You see, Jesus seeing us clearly frees us to begin to see ourselves clearly and to invite Jesus into our home. We do not have to be afraid of this. We do not have to be afraid of Jesus seeing us clearly because when we see ourselves through the eyes of Jesus, we know that we are loved. And we know that we are created in His image, but we also gain an understanding that our sin separates us from God. And that Jesus, His life, His purpose is to bring salvation and new life to us and to set us into right relationship with God. Did you catch that? Jesus sees you clearly. Jesus sees you deep in the recesses of your life. And he still invites himself to come over. Wow. There are some of you that would say, you know, I just, I, I need to get some things cleaned up before I could invite Jesus. Whenever we have company, he'll come over. My wife will tell you, we have to clean house first. Right? My kids will tell you that too. But not with Jesus. Jesus sees the clutter. He sees the, the darkness. He sees the yuckiness of our, of our lives and of our homes. And He says, hey, I'm coming over. What grace and what encouragement to us. Jesus sees you. And He still wants to come and to have dinner with you and to be in your home. And when Jesus comes into our lives, He comes into our homes and we can see Him clearly, guess what happens? Look at verse 9. Verse nine. What happens when Jesus comes into our lives and into our homes is that Jesus proclaims that today salvation has come to this house. Today salvation has come to this person. When Jesus saw Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus could finally see Jesus. And salvation was the result Church, Zacchaeus did not give to the poor and make amends for his wrongdoing so that he could earn salvation, so that he could become saved. No, Zacchaeus gave to the poor as an act of repentance. 
acknowledging he had done wrong. And he was turning from that as he was turning to God and he was turning to follow after Christ. And he made amends to those he had wronged as a result of his salvation. Again, not to pay for or earn his salvation. So this is why we must ask the question, do we really want to see Jesus more clearly? Do we really want to see ourselves more clearly? Because when we see things clearly through Christ, our lives change. Our relationships change. Our marriages change. We change the way we do business. We change the way we treat people. We change the way we spend and use and share our resources. When we see Jesus with 2020 vision, it transforms every part of our life. So I must offer a warning here. If we say that we have seen Jesus and our lives have not been transformed, then we need to examine our vision again and make sure that we are not seeing this Jesus with blurry, fuzzy vision again. But before we finish up with Zacchaeus, we've got one more group that has actually seen some things that day. In verse 7, the crowd. The crowd who was keeping Zacchaeus from being able to see Jesus, well, they, they, they see something too. And they, say, they see Jesus reach out to Zacchaeus. And you know what they do? Oh, praise God. Look, at Jesus has reached out to Zacchaeus and, and he's going to spend time with Zacchaeus and, and change Zacchaeus. Won't that be wonderful? No. When the crowd saw it, they began to grumble. We must be reminded that the crowd, the crowd around us, will always grumble and complain about those who see Jesus clearly. So let's remember that the complainers and the grumblers also have blurry vision of Jesus and that they don't see him quite clearly as well either. In fact, as we read through this story, maybe, just maybe, Zacchaeus was the only one who realized that he had blurry vision to begin with. I'm sure that the members of the crowd thought they saw Jesus just fine. And as we've mentioned earlier, some of the most dangerous people in our lives are the people with blurry vision that think they can see everything just fine. So in 2020, let us commit ourselves to seeing Jesus with 2020 vision. After all, it's a matter of eternal life or eternal death. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Those who have blurred vision. This morning, do you see Jesus clearly? Does salvation need to come to your house today? If you'll listen, listen, I guarantee that you will hear Jesus inviting himself into your life today, into your house today. Would you come down out of your tree? 
Would you let Jesus go home with you today? Isn't that a powerful thought? Dads, there's some dads here. Some husbands here. It would change your family if Jesus went home with you today. Moms, wives, it would change your family, change your life if you let Jesus go home with you today. He's calling your name. You're perched there in that tree. Would you come down? Would you let Him come into your house today and begin His work of transformation? Let's pray. Father, thank You so much for this powerful story. This story of one who who wanted to see You so clearly, but because of the crowd around him, he knew he needed to change his vantage point. And You called him, and You invited Yourself into his home and into his life. And You transformed and changed his life because salvation came to him on that afternoon as he saw you, as he he came down out of his tree and made you Lord and Savior of his life. And today, there are those here that need to do the same thing, that need to come down out of their tree and they need to let you come into their house, into their heart, into their mind, into their family, into their place of work and bring salvation and transform their lives. And there are some of us here today that you know, we come to church every Sunday. But if we were honest with ourselves, we say, you know, we, we've gotten a little older and, and it feels like our arms have gotten a little shorter and our vision a little blurry again. Would you renew your commitment to the Lord? Would you renew your commitment to the Gospels of reading the stories of Jesus so that you can more clearly see Him? as you follow after Him. As we stand and sing in just a moment, it's a time to to make our commitments to the Lord. I'll be here, our ministers, other deacons would be here to pray with you and to, to walk with you, to encourage you in your quest to see Jesus more clearly. Let's stand and sing together.